get a car, you get a car, you get a car. You get a car, you get a car, you get a car, you get a car. You get a car, you get a car, you get a car, you get a Is you ready or is you prepared? What would the Birdman reply be? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how to even answer that. I don't even know. How you doing, girl? I'm good, thank you. Well, how are you? I'm feeling so fantastic, so fabulous. Surprisingly so. Yeah? Yeah. You've had a relaxed day today. I have had a really relaxed day. So I've just been watching Underground, okay. which I think came out in March. So it's been yeah. out for a few months now, and I didn't know that it had actually come out. Well, I, I had seen all the, like, the promotional stuff on Tumblr for it, right? but I didn't realise how far along everything was, because then I saw the spoiler mm -hmm. of the last episode, the, like the last scene of the last episode of the series. Right. Um, Do you know so... it's been renewed for season two? Okay, I'm really looking forward Is to this... catching up. On this. Almost as addictive to me as Orange is the New Black. I fell off Orange is the New Black. So season three wasn't even that great, but I'm so gassed for season four. Really? Yes. I need to catch up. I need to catch up with Game of Thrones. I need to catch up with Scandal. I'm still on like series one of I Scandal. Gave up, I gave up on Scandal a long time ago. <laughs> I never actually watched the original Root series, the one that came out in 1977. I haven't watched that either. I've watched maybe the first half an hour of it. However, I found it really difficult to watch because it's, to me, it's slightly dated and it just couldn't hold my interest. Right. But the new, the remake, um, which is still based on Alex Haley's, no Alex Haley's novel, the remake, um, I think, I feel like I can just relate to it a bit better visually. And also the storytelling is... For me, I just find it a lot easier to understand. And it's entertaining, it's gripping, um, it's very cinematic in how it's shot, but then it's also just so sad. And I found myself crying and feeling quite... almost hopeless. Is it quite heavy? It's almost very... depressing to watch. It is very depressing because we're dealing with traumatic and violent events yeah that have happened to african slaves and then we're as a whole we're then talking with generational trauma mm -hmm. of slavery brutality um so much of america is built on this horrible dark violent history yeah but america is in the stage where it's like Still coming up, still coming out this dark history, but not wanting to really look at it. I know, but then I guess it becomes very difficult to look at it because it's so ugly. Yeah. Um, not only for, you know, white Americans, but also for black Americans as yeah. well, which is why I guess you get people like Snoop Dogg saying, oh, we they should... They don't want to see it. it. You don't want to see it. 
things like 10 Years a Slave, why we're still making slave movies. Mm-hmm. But I don't even think that there are that many slave movies. I don't either. And I, I honestly think that there should be more. I, I think this stuff should be in people's faces. The, the more it's in people's faces, the harder it will be for people to ignore and for people to turn a blind, blind eye to how similar events today in America and also all over the world are with the, what's happened in the past. I hear that, but I guess the, the I guess when people say they want to boycott it, the need is also coming from a feeling they want a balance. Mm-hmm. So show, you know, show modern day black people yeah um like living shows you know show us doing silly reality tv stuff show us doing things like blackish a family on tv yeah. and or empire or, um, <laughs> oh, empire's a bit wild empire's a little bit wild empire's in comparison empire's a lot it's extreme <laughs> yeah but just yeah just give us variation give us opportunities to show all facets mm-hmm. of black life yeah um rather than this one thing that they feel i guess it is which is slavery Mm. for a long while it was just kind of depressing things or or coonery that was the other thing as well so I I can understand where that comes from but I don't think you should sweep it under the carpet because it's it's a major part of the history of America the history of Britain as well colonies of yeah of Great Britain of Europe and of of Western Africa obviously yeah well I definitely recommend for everybody to watch it people from all backgrounds and races and 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 generations should watch the remake, even if they have seen the original. I think I just think it was really well made. No, I would definitely will. I, I mean, I did tell you already. There's loads of things to catch up on. So, and and Kunta Ken, Kente is actually played by a British actor. Oh, really? I can't remember his name, but I just remember him from one episode in EastEnders. Oh my gosh, he went from EastEnders to yeah. Roots. Yeah. Cool. Thank you, EastEnders. <laughs> Jeez. Um, so, um, the other thing we're talking about today is Born Free. Yes. So, Born Free is a sort of monthly, or every two months, depending. I think it's more every two months. Yeah, it's yeah. Like every two months. It's a poetry and literature event. Well, yeah, it's they, more of a spoken word event. Yeah, they have an open mic as well. I've, I've seen singers in the open mic before. It happens in London. Just thought I'd make that clear. Because, I don't know, like maybe having people listening from oh, yeah. faraway places. Hi all, hello. <laughs> we didn't introduce ourselves, so we could do it now. Yes. Yeah, we're the London Girls. And this is episode seven. Of the London Girls podcast. So, to get back to this London-based event... Um, it is put on by, um, well, I guess the collective is called Born Free. Well, it's it's run by two wonderful people, Chima and Belinda, and they've come together to put on this event where Londoners and people from outside London, definitely, yeah, international spoken word artists. The last one we went to, it did have an also an Australian poet, yeah, yeah, yeah Australian poet. And I like it. I've been several times, but I find that the more I go, the more I enjoy it. And I'm really not even the biggest fan of spoken word poetry. I would agree. Usually if I went out to watch any kind of live event, it would be to watch live music. Yeah. And the poetry stuff is usually dotted in there. But I wouldn't. I haven't actually really gone for a whole poetry night except to, to Born Free. Yeah. Yeah. I just prefer to read poetry. 
rather by than, yourself. Yeah, rather than have it spoken to me. I think I'm, I'm not a huge poetry reader, so mm. actually going to attend the events is a great way for me to consume poetry. It works for me. Yeah. I, or I watch them on videos as well, like YouTube videos, when Def oh, Jam yes. poetry used to be, like all the little Def Jam videos. <laughs> With the finger clicking in the background. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I used to watch those a lot. I so used to watch those. That was cool back in the day. Mm. We do have a few um, voice, what do you call this, sound clips, what do you call it? Yeah, some poetry sound clips from the night. Um, we have, I have the sound clip of that guy doing the Alice Schwarzenegger poem as well. Really? Yeah, because I, I recorded a video of it to send it to Adamos because... He loves he loves Arnold Schwarzenegger. So, <laughs> Did he like it? Oh yeah, he found it hilarious. But um, yeah, we've got lots of sound clips of the artists who were headliners for the night, um, as well as some from the open mic. And we also have an interview with a short interview with Belinda, one of the co-hosts and co-founders of Born Free. I run you down. I run down you like water, like the sea. You rise up from beneath, like the ocean, you brush off your shoulder, like the shore, you do not look back towards. You are busy holding other bodies of sand and watching them fall through your fingers. You are a false hourglass. But if I was still sifting myself through you, at least I would know how long it would take to return home. Shoulders alone can't carry. Need other body parts that part with iron to play we. We need other body parts to part with iron to play we. We need our heads above all other body parts so we can see. I see I, I see I, we, I see I touch destiny. I taste tainted water, that healing poison. Will it stop, won't stop, till he eradicates us. Has us off this plane, no more catching flights. Will he stop, wants us, away from all his sights. Removed from all his senses. But we see I, and I see we. But we see I, and I see we. With all our senses sights, with all our senses sights, we will not allow this to be. With all our senses sights, we will not allow this to be. Yeah, that's it, man. Thanks. <laughs> the curator and host, well, one half of uh, of um, Born Free. Mm. Um, thank you for allowing us to get all up in your head space and interview you. Yeah, man, like it's a pleasure. I'm so happy that you do this. Document to get that. Black yeah, history. I mean, this, this is what it is. <laughs> Am I allowed to swear? Absolutely. Yes, yes, like, podcast, yeah. I swear. <laughs> Actually, Janice did tell me that, um, and iTunes tried to like ban our podcast because, because we were cussing at Miley Cyrus. Yeah, because we were cussing oh, Miley, Miley Cyrus, Cyrus, you know. Fuck fuck Miley Cyrus. I said it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-huh. Anyway, so um, sorry, just one minute. Okay. We're recording something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry. So yeah, as this is like so raw and so candid, 
yeah we just caught off guard what know? made you wake up one day and decide you want to put on uh i i didn't poetry. wake up and wanted to put version. actually i didn't want to do it uh, but uh, a woman uh, called tamsin verba used to run a place called lime wharf um and she asked she knew chima chima worked as a filmmaker and she asked him you know if he wanted to do something because like, they had the space it was like an art space and uh chima brought it up and i laughed and then he brought it up again and I laughed. And he brought it up a third time and I was like, okay, this is clearly like, we need to do something. But also we'd been offered by another friend to use her space to do something. So I was just like, okay, it's actually like something that we need to do. Um, so we just started the first one, August 2014. And it was quite small, but like good friends came out and just supported. And like from then on, I just knew it was a, like, I think th- the third one in, I was like, this is a vibe. Like we need to keep doing this. Sadly, the lime wharf got closed, so we moved to the Rasa, and like it's just keep growing. People people turn up basically. I think I knew that it was a thing. Like the last one, when it rained all day, that British rain that doesn't actually cease until it ceases, and then there were no trains, <laughs> and it was a Saturday instead of a Friday. I still got a good turnout. Like at least 70 people came, or 75 people. So I was just like, okay, well, I guess we're doing something quite worthwhile. So yeah. What What are you learning from this experience of? Um, curating different writers and mm. performance artists and poets etc etc like what for you as a writer yourself like what are you learning about this whole thing uh, as a writer myself I'm being taught by some of the writers coming through because they're just doing brilliant work but also just about patience it's, it, the things I'm learning are not really to do with um, my own writing process necessarily but just to do with me being a person it's about patience about love about actually being genuine and and being of sweet spirit and not wanting to act, just, you know I mean? just being myself. Uh, I feel like I'm, there's that space for me to do that whilst hosting. And I didn't think I could like last a whole night of like just talking into the mic, but like I really enjoy it. And I, I just feel great. Like I feel, I feel good about it. So I just, if anything, it's just given me a lot of confidence in like just who I am as a person, as opposed to like just my writing or just this or just that. It's just literally just like, people are responding to my energy so that that means something so it's just i have to find out what that thing that they're responding to is and just be fine with it and not feel like it's a problem or it's scary it's belinda get, get me fam. that's what it is it's, it's they're responding to belinda i must say i do agree um making comparison to like some of the earlier uh earlier events that i came to to now like you are definitely on fire you're very in control Thank you. and you're very comfortable in the space of leading the event and also just being there to support the other artists who are coming up because yeah. i've noticed for some people it's like the scariest thing you yeah know, like reading your work to people but yeah. you're just such a really good support to them and yeah thank you because I, under- I understand what that feels like you know for me like hosting is even like scarier because it's like not just your 15 minutes and then you sit down mm-hmm. that is terrifying because that 15 minutes actually is really intense you're sharing a lot of personal things and you cannot do that in a room of people who don't care about what you're saying, talking over you and not uh, giving you that space to be yourself. So it, it's, it's a blessing, really, just like people be, being able to provide that space to people, but also being sensitive because I know I've been there. So what, for me, it's driven by like what kind of poetry night, number one, I want to go to, what kind of poets do I want to see, and number two, as a poet, what kind of space do I want to perform in? And how do I want to be treated as a, as a performer at, at events? So which like, is very important. Which is like, and it's like, you need to, uh, you, like, you can't, you can't, 
you can't invite people not like host them well like you know because they're never going to come back and they're going to tell other people that don't do that night because so it's just about knowing that how that shit works and it's 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 obviously been years of me like cultivating that and learning the hard way and some people not telling you about certain nights or whatever do you know what I mean but you have to learn yourself but just wanting to provide a space where people come and say I felt really comfortable and I really enjoyed performing at Born Free and I would love to do it again kind of thing so yeah, pretty much. If we had money as well, we'd get them really drunk and feed them, but we not yet. One day. Ask council, one day we'll one day. Ask, ask council, council they Soon come, in it. Soon come. They're just long as well, like, you know, but these times, let me not cost them because they might just fund <laughs> a lot of my life in the next two years. So, yeah. Now, God bless the Ask Council. They, they try. They do do amazing stuff, especially the guys who do spoken word things. So. Great. And you mentioned in tonight's, tonight's session that there was a, a special coming up. Mm. So, have you got details of that mm. special mm. as well? So, basically, what happened is that What's first is I think that it's a foundation uh, that's been for the past year supported young writers. They put out a, a thing saying uh, if you run an event and you want to get a grant for a certain amount of money to put on a kind of a special kind of event proposal basically. And what we decided to do was to approach actually there are a lot of young people, young writers collectives in, in in London and in England, but we were focusing mainly in London and getting. 18 to 25 year old young writers who are in collectives to so we've got excuse me asked four collectives so barbecue young poets spit the art term spare the poets and six weeks to volunteer some of their poets and then would they come and do a couple workshops with inu elms um and then we have a showcase next month which is like them not doing just a set of different poems but actually doing a 20 minute long poem so their whole set is just one story and to kind of get into the nitty-gritty of their situation so the, the theme is british values what is british values to you what does that mean to you write a 20 minute poem or develop something that you already have and then we showcase that next month so we're gonna have six poets six young poets just being honest about a lot of things and that's gonna be incredible i, I, I think it's definitely I, I, have to be at that one. yeah i think it's gonna be exciting i'm really looking forward to it because we've already had the first workshop and it was like really like it also sounds like ridiculous. it's gonna be quite intense as well mm. especially discussing such a subject matter that like is a bit obscure when you mm. think about it mm. what what is what are british values and exactly. what is british what culture? Are, like i don't even have the answer for that what is british culture what mm-hmm. are british values especially if you're a londoner mm-hmm. and if you're First generation. A, a first generation or no generation or mm-hmm. black or white or working class what are British values to you mm. and I'm really excited to see what their what their interpretations of that theme is so far it sounds really good so we'll see well I'm excited to um, to be in attendance um, yeah. and it's always a joy to see you as well yeah always a joy to see you I was saying I was saying to women. I was saying to um, someone that you're actually just one of the nicest people that I know like oh. you're actually just a really nice person thank you because I didn't always and I'm not saying like I'm that nice say that so like I mean no one always like you know what I mean like you always think that oh, I've done this I've done this there's a lot of guilt in life really and about bullshit but thank you I appreciate that <laughs> I am, and you know, like, I don't have time to not be genuine, do you know what I mean? And sometimes it doesn't work to my disadvantage. Mm-hmm. People take the mic. It is what it is. But it's actually learning that actually people take the mic. So it's about having boundaries and still being, like, a good person. Mm. Like, I believe in God. He'll, he'll, he'll just, strike them he'll, down he'll one step day. In. When, you, when you want to take the mic, don't worry. He'll just come for you. <laughs> I won't be there. I'll just hear the news on Twitter. <laughs> I'll just laugh. You are so funny. Be sent back to Sunday is a real thing to my life, you know. <laughs> anyway, Belinda, thank you so thank much you for, for your thank time. Thank you for talking to me. And and thank, you for we definitely, thank you for coming. We definitely want to have you like um, on our podcast, hmm. like as like a proper proper guest, sometime soon in the near future. 
<laughs> so yeah, that that would be good. I, I'm sorry, it's distracted. No worries. I would love. I would. Love, yeah, I would fucking yes. All right. Well, let's do And I want to chat shit about Miley Cyrus. I want to read some. <laughs> I want to read some celebrities out here for real. Right. <laughs> Computer style. <laughs> so yeah. We'll do it. All right. Thank awesome. Cheers. Thank right. you. So now to Afropunk, they put out the alerts for the upcoming London festival a couple of weeks ago, um, uh, letting you know that Afropunk was soon coming to London. Encourage you to sign up. And today, the actual, um, the first look at the lineup has come out, which people have been sending around on social media, talking about the lineup, um, their own ideal lineups, really. Have but, people um, actually done that? Yeah. Some people have put some, some lineups they would have preferred to see in London. Oh, but, I mean, Afropunk itself is a festival. That's been going since 2005 in Brooklyn, in New York. And they have had... It's, I, I've never been to it myself. I've always wanted to go to it from the Brooklyn lineups. They have uh, always been... I've always felt like I've missed out every year. I've missed it, basically, yeah. in, in Brooklyn. Um, but now... The photos just make... It looks so cool. It really does. I mean, um, you know, the festival might even be trash for all we know, but I know, but, it looks but everyone great. looks so good. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they they brought it to Paris last recently. Year. Is it last year? Last summer, right? Yeah, but they had another one in Paris a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, they did have another one. Um, they were looking to expand to Atlanta, Georgia, and also Oakland, California. The Atlanta, Georgia one had to be cancelled last year because of a hurricane. Um, so they're, they're becoming more international, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the lineup came out today. We're not going to trash the lineup. We don't need to do that. Well, I, I would definitely say I'm disappointed. A little bit. Just but... because we... I think maybe it's because like, I've been waiting years and years for Afropunk to finally come to London. And now that, now that it has come and I just see MIA as a headliner, I think, what's the point? What's the point of even paying my cash monies to go? (laughs) It's a a bit of a disappointment that they had that as a headliner, considering, like, all the UK artists they could have looked to. um, Even American artists, if they were going to make a big headlining American artist, Mm -hmm. so many others that could have been on there. So many others. Um, So, yeah. So, as I say, people have been making their own little lists of... What they think would be a great... And I don't get why it's in Alexandra Palace. I think Alexandra Palace can be quite open. Where? Isn't it an indoor... It's an indoor thing, but perhaps the green area behind it? I don't know. Oh, right. Do you mean... The entire area is an accessible Mm -hmm, thing. mm -hmm. Maybe that's the plan. I'm not sure. But um, for whatever reason, yeah, it's in Alexandra Palace in London. Which is a, a beautiful area to be in. Like, you can see all over London. It'd be lovely. It's so far away, though. Not for me. Not for you, but do you know <laughs> what it takes for me to get to Alexandra Palace? Do you yeah, know how it's more far? North. Yeah. And it's such a trek. It's and on the highest one hill. Bus. There's only one bus that goes up there as well, so it's a little bit of a, a Janice, you better just come and pick me up from the station, girl, because <laughs> I don't know how I will get up on that hill. It's too much. I've actually jogged up that hill before. Are you it kidding me? It is a me? lot. It is a lot to deal with. But yeah, so, Afropunk. Yeah. We are, we are going off on a tangent. Um, so, Afropunk's lineup this year has disappointed many. Um, and, like I said, we're not going to just completely trash it. What we're going to do instead is be kind of, like, helpful and basically be, like... Um, Imaginative. Imagine that we are the um, advisors or, like, the festival coordinators who can advise on the London show. 
Yeah, basically <laughs> what we would dream our ideal Afropunk lineup to be. What we would like to have seen. And please comment some of yours if you do listen on like on Mixcloud or via Twitter. Let us know yes, who you would have liked to see because it'd be good to learn some new music. But I know, I know a lot too. of people are sharing the the opinion that they're just not happy with the lineup. I mean, most of these people, right? I don't really even know who they are. The only people that on the lineup that I'm aware of that I'm remotely interested in is Cakes to Killer. Yeah, that'll be fun. And possibly... Possibly... Well, I'll just leave it there for now. I'd like <laughs> to see SZA. Oh, yeah, SZA. That'd be with fun. With the voice like air. Did I ever tell you that she blocked me on Instagram? <laughs> I don't even know why. What? Look, let me show you. She's blocked me on Instagram. Oh, oh no, really? Yeah, I, I don't know for what reason. What what, I, what did I do to her? Oh, wow. Can you see? Yeah. Let me try. Oh, whoa. Okay. But um, I, I'm following her on my business Instagram account, but she's not... She's she not blocked me there. never know who you are. Obviously, I'm a scammer. <laughs> she never knew <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. So, here is our our lineup, our personal lineups. You go first. Okay, so we did discuss a couple, but we haven't. We've come up with a bunch of others now, which we haven't shared them yet. So we'll see how many we match up. Um, so my first on the list, although she's not from London, she is based in London a lot of the time. Is Fatima? She was the top of my list as well. Yeah. Yeah, but. I- I would say Fatima's a Londoner. Would you? Yeah. Even though, like, she's she's mi- of mixed heritage and she's Swedish, I would say she's really a Londoner because she's been living here for ages now. True, true. Um, a newer artist that I was looking at um, who I've just recently come across is a, a girl called Ray Black. Okay. What um, kind of music does she do? It's like... It's soulful hip-hop kind of edgy mm. you know what would be cool if we leave links to the these yeah, artists should. um music profiles in the, the mixed cloud we should definitely mixed cloud um subject thing just because a lot of these people already have an audience but they could definitely i i think that more people need to know yeah definitely afropunk needs to know yeah so um hawk house was the next one that's also quite a new um group that I've come across. I know they've been established, I think, since 2014. Okay. But I've only recently come across them. I was following um, the singer from the group. She's got a soundcloud called Bubble Rap. Mm-hmm. And she does, like, um, cover versions. Mm-hmm. Really cool cover versions of stuff. So, Pork House, um, I believe it's it's two guys and a girl. And they make cool music, too. I'm an artist who um, recently hasn't released so much stuff, but when she was releasing stuff, I really loved it, is Ego LMA. Oh yeah, yeah. She oh, would have been great. She was like the physical embodiment of Afropunk to me. Yeah, she's very. She's like if Erica Badu had a love child with, I don't know, Shade. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, she would have been great. Um, and then, this is a group who um, 
I think would also fit the lineup perfectly. They're called Big Journey and they are a black feminist sister punk band. Wow. Yeah, they would have been great. They were, even if it was like on an independent stage, you know, it, they would have been wonderful and they would have embodied what Afropunk is about. Absolutely. Um, and then in terms of, I've, I've been quite women, woman based mm-hmm. in terms of the artists I've chosen. Um, but for guys, Black Josh Ape, um, he's from Manchester and Melanin Nine. I think it would have been quite cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, in terms of the, just, yeah, balancing up against the women that I put up here. And also, I've got some American suggestions. So, my American suggestion was Messina. I would have liked to see Messina. I would have liked to see her too. I, yeah. th- I actually really like your dream lineup. Oh, thank you. I think it's even better than mine, to be honest. No, no, we can compare and see what we crossed over. So, top of my list, like I said, was Fatima. Um, I I love Fatima's singing voice. She's amazing. Mm-hmm. I think that there should be a segment for UK grime artists. Yeah, that would have made sense. Just because, although I think quite a few of them are doing, they've got a stage or they're doing something at wireless or whatever. I see. But wireless is for everybody. Whereas I think Afropunk is specifically themed towards people of colour. Yes, everyone is welcome, but this is prim- this is really a space for people of colour and black music to shine. Yeah. Black uh, alternative music. Black- they, have, they have recently included more soul music, but it was initially mm-hmm. about black alternative music. Yeah. So I think UK um, grime rappers like Stormzy, Kano, yeah. Skepta, and also the female oh, actually, rappers. Just to add, Ray Black has tune with Stormzy oh right yeah re- quite recently released and also not forgetting the female MCs like Steph London and Lady Lisha who are incredible Little Sims as well Little Sims yeah amazing yeah who got n- absolutely no love whatsoever at the Brit Awards mm. let me not even remember that horrible thing but <laughs> and then I also have some other mentions of um, a fabulous singer-songwriter who goes by the name of Madam Pepper. I don't, I don't know if any of you may have heard of her. <laughs> I was thinking there could be some sort of unsigned stage. That, yeah, that would be wonderful in, in terms of just sharing and um, introducing up-and-coming or, like, you know, artists that are kind of more mm-hmm. smaller audience but have a niche, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Also, Shanaz Dorset. Shanaz Dorset would have been wonderful, yeah. And a whole host of many other unsigned acts, which I just cannot think of right now, but I really feel like they deserve to be Afropunk. Because, like I said, Afropunk is a festival to celebrate black origin music. True, but can we throw in the wild card? Yeah. Etterbond. Of course. <laughs> of course. And, and, <laughs> and the KFC Twix. Sorry, KFC <laughs> Twix. <laughs> She's not such a wild card. She's not really a wild card, but I feel like Afropunk would be a place for her. It would, of course, yeah. FKA Twigs. And I'm really surprised that she's not. Put some respect on her name. Hey, sorry, I don't know why I said KFC Twigs. I really did not mean that. Like, yes, I was did. not intending to throw any shade whatsoever. Um, yes, she would be great. Um, uh, yeah, I think that lineup. Um, there's been some other ones as well. Some other artists have been suggested. 
Um, many other people have lists. So, go so and check wait, them out. can we discuss why we have such an well? Why you and I have such an issue with MIA being a headliner? Okay, yeah. So um, there's been a number of things. I've never particularly been into MIA personally. Okay. I've never quite understood what it was about. Um, and I have also felt from quite an early an early stage in her career, from when she first came out, before I really had the words for what appropriation was, her music felt like appropriation. Her, the imagery felt like appropriation. The whole idea of it felt like appropriation. Yeah, she might have made it her own or whatever, but it just felt like some Madonna-type stuff that she was doing. Um, so I, it, I was put off from quite early um, in terms of being into So I wasn't a fan in the first place. But then to follow up, obviously, I mean, you were. Yeah. But then to follow up with it, is that she has been coming out of just some absolute verbal diarrhea, tweeting diarrhea, quite anti-black stuff, Mm -hmm. um, which she would say she's trying to highlight a certain cause and it's not directly aimed at being anti-black or whatever, but what she has said has just been like an erasure of what, like for example, the whole thing about hip-hop being from India, which was just random. I don't know. That was random. But it's like whenever she's challenged... It, it seems like she's just she just wants to be right. Yeah, she's, but she's kind of like the Azealia Banks of the UK in that way, where she just likes to say a lot of controversial shit and then some. she'll come back and then sort of, you know, take back her statement and say, oh, no, I didn't mean it that way. I meant it this way. Mm-hmm. And it's just better that you don't use social media at all. <laughs> there was also that big thing that she was talking about, oh, you know these issues that black people are bringing up, it's nothing new, and why don't they talk about Muslim lives mattering, and why, as if being, as I mean, if, if people have made the mis- you know, the, like you, you, you... As if to say that the Black Lives Matter isn't intersectional. Yeah, it exactly. Like it doesn't is. include Muslims, it doesn't include people of different faiths, and mm-hmm. people of different uh, sexual orientations, and yeah, she just, she really did reduce it down to just being such a simple thing. And also the people made the whole point of, well, why do you want to hijack another movement? Why don't you make your, you, you're speaking exactly. on this platform. Why don't you speak about platform. what it is that's important to you rather than saying, pointing the finger and saying, no, you guys should be talking about this. Why don't you talk about it? Um, so she's just, yeah, she's been coming out as a bit of a hard headed. She's always been that way. Though. She ha- No, she has. And it hasn't been. But she's just saying some really, Really inflammatory things that are just yeah really disappointing. Yeah, as, it's as been disappointing. Fan. It's been disappointing. Yeah, um, I wasn't a fan, but even just looking at it, like oh my gosh, you're on this public platform saying what you're saying is yeah, it's disappointing. But obviously, she's a grown ass woman. She's got her opinions, and she doesn't seem to be so willing to listen. That's what it seems like. And there was also that whole weird tweet about people of color that she made. And just had the POC, uh, like, is it abbreviation acronym? I don't know what it would be. He just had POC all over the tweet. Mm-hmm. And she was explaining. It just, it just didn't make any sense. <laughs> and, yeah, it just seems like she's she's just blurting out stuff. Mm-hmm. Maybe not as offensive. Which is why it, Maybe not as kind of universally offensive as what Azealia Banks was doing. Which is why but it's a offensive. lot of musicians just don't really need to be expressing themselves through social media. Like, it's not by force to use social media. It's not... It's not an obligation it's not obligatory to be using the twitter the facebook or the whatever to get your point across if you're a musician use your music to get your point across yeah like it's just it's getting up really out of control mm. really really out of control the kind now. of learning too much about 
some people and say, come down, but knowing that about you. I don't want to know. Mm. Not interested. Quite a few of them now, it seems. Um, so, yeah, that's our kind of, our take on the whole MIA being a headliner. It is a bit disappointing that they didn't choose someone who was of African origin, considering oh. that the festival is called Afropunk. Yeah, true. But I guess they want to appear to be open and universal and... Mm-hmm. But then, you know, there are other people of colour they could have chosen as well. Yeah, they chose MIA. Maybe it's the maybe it's the controversy. Maybe that's then again, we, we do give up MOBOs to Ed Sheeran, so yeah, I'm not really surprised. <laughs> Ed Sheeran's excellent. He's good at what he does, but Ed Sheeran doesn't deserve a MOBO. Okay. <laughs> okay. I mean, I don't watch a lot of award ceremonies. I have tuned out of all, of, even the ones about music of Black Origin, just because I'm like, hmm. I have never really been able to sit through an award ceremony of any type. I'm not really good at it. They like, are very long. Yeah, I've never been able to do it. So I don't feel so invested, I guess. But the question, the real question is, will you be buying a ticket and will you be attending? Afropunk. Yes. It's in September, right? Which it's in September. a little bit away. I'll see how I feel. I mean, it's the first one in London. I feel like I should attend it. And we were saying, like, although we feel like Afropunk slightly, have slightly fucked up. Kind of sold out a little bit. Yeah, although we feel, you know, like you were saying, it's their first go. Yeah. Um, we don't expect them to get everything perfect. Sure, but they might be looking at all of the um, the tweets and oh, all of they, the comments they and thinking, definitely are. you Brits are so miserable. miserable. Oh my gosh, we come and bring you this and you just complain. We can't help it. We just have such trash weather. Of course we're going to be miserable. <laughs> we complain about everything, but then we try and be polite about it at the same time. People are being polite. Like, Afro Punk, you fucked up. <laughs> this is trash. Um, cool. So, that was our list. Many other lists are available. Take a look. Make your own list. Tweet it to Afro Punk. So, we've arrived to our final segment of the podcast. And I'm going to call this story time. I'm going to introduce something new. This is... This, this week's story time is going to be about sleep and... And how much sleep plays an important role. Or how important of a role sleep plays in our lives. And just how delicious sleep is. Yes. How do you feel about sleep, Janice? I feel like I need more of it. Really? Um, yeah, I don't... I have... I get really lively at night, basically. Yeah. And um, all are you, of a sudden are I'm you're inspired. Are you maybe too stimulated at night? Maybe. I, I make a lot of music at night. Mm-hmm. Um, like two in the morning. Um, so my sleep pattern was a bit of a mess for quite a long while. I used to also, when I used to make YouTube videos a lot, I used to make Do YouTube videos at the dead of the night. Yeah. So my sleep pattern was all over the place. And, um, I was, um, in the last like four years as well, I was having a lot of issues with dreaming where I felt like I wasn't remember. I thought I, thought I wasn't dreaming initially. Mm-hmm. So tell me about with this whole thing of you not dreaming and now finally remembering a dream? Well, um, yeah, it was like four years. I think because I've spoken before about living in a difficult situation with mm-hmm. people I didn't particularly enjoy living with. And I think it affected my mind a mm-hmm. little bit mm-hmm. because I wasn't remembering any dreams. I thought I wasn't dreaming. It was actually making me quite panicky because I thought, oh my gosh, there's something wrong with my memory. Mm-hmm. How is my mind processing stuff if I'm not dreaming? Um, and then I got a Fitbit recently and I also moved in October as well 
And the Fitbit has told me that I'm apparently going into REM sleep, which is the time when you're supposed to dream. Rapid eye movement. Rapid eye movement. And um, it's telling me I'm dreaming. I still wasn't remembering anything. So your Fitbit can tell you that you're dreaming? Yes. Do I need to invest in one of these things? I like it. I don't know how true it is, but it's giving me all these readings. It's got all these graphs that look legit. Yeah. Um, so it's comforting. Um, so it was telling me I was dreaming. And I still hadn't remembered much in terms of dreams. I started having, um, I think, from about December, New Year's in 2016. So December 2015, New Year's 2016. I started remembering like really like little bits of dreams and that was happening like once a month but then last week um beginning of june i remembered three dreams last week that's amazing they were all nightmares actually i've only had nightmares i've only remembered nightmares anyway but it's at least it's something i'm so happy that like something is is being remembered and waking up and i feel like i'm kind of shifting that cloud i might have had before um i feel a lot better I feel my head feels clearer and I feel like hopefully I'm, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, what is it called? It's compart, is it when you're, when you're dreaming, it's meant to be how your brain sorts out memories and how your brain sorts out things you've gone through in the day. So I feel like I'm doing that pretty much a bit better now. It's comforting to know that I can remember stuff now anyway. Yeah. I believe that dreams are a very sort of spiritual amalgamation of things that have happened in your possibly past life or just your past in general it's a way of your brain or your conscience processing the things that are happening in the present time Mm -hmm. but then if you want to go even deeper you could even look at it like maybe a higher power is trying to communicate things that may happen in the future for example clairvoyance Mm -hmm. there's a lot of people do have dreams that then come to life. My mum is that kind of person. That's why whenever she has like, like a dodge well. dream, she's like, are you okay, Janice? You're calling me and like, find out if I'm okay. Because she does have dreams like that a little bit sometimes. My mum is like that as well. She's has these very powerful like dreams with big meanings and big, big statements. And I don't, I don't really see my dreams in that way. I just, I, I kind of dream about three different things over and over again. Really? <laughs> yeah. No, my dreams are always different. Oh, you're lucky. But they're always really, really crazy, random. I think I've watched too much horror as well. They're yeah, always really horror random movie, and Horror confusing. movies can really, really mess you up in the yeah, brain, you know? because I'm, I'm really into zombie horror as well. I dream about the world ending a lot. Um, like when I used to dream before. I had this nightmare one time. And I think I'd only seen the trailer for that 2012 film. Oh, right. I'd only seen the trailer of the big wave coming, and I think it's like a Tibetan monk waiting on a hill for the wave to like crash or something. And that's all I saw of the film, of the, there was a trailer. And I had this whole nightmare about being in a library and a big wave coming through and knocking down all the shelves, and we're that's running, so and I'm panicking because I can't swim, but we're in like a big, like, museum sized library of books, and it's just a big wave rushing through the. Uh, it's horrible. I dreamt about that. I used to dream of not, of not being able to fly a lot. It's like mm. I was able to fly. Yeah, but I you had couldn't. this ability, and then I I tried to jump off the steps. Of but like, you couldn't fly. Yeah, the canteen at my school. I was trying. To, it was. I had this dream when I was in primary school, and I was trying to jump off the steps from the canteen, and then I just hit the floor. So it was only like a little short distance, but I couldn't fly anymore. Yeah, and it's like it's quite sad. I had a dream about all my teeth falling out. Teeth dreams are very common. I I get teeth dreams. Yeah. 
And if I and I've noticed lately, if I don't have a teeth dream, I'll have this really strange dream that I'm chewing food, mm-hmm. and there's so much food in my mouth, and and because there's so much food in my mouth, I can't even really chew properly, and it's almost suffocating me. Oh shit! <laughs> That's horrible. <laughs> it's not. It's very very uncomfortable. Maybe in, in the metaphoric sense, it could mean that I just have bitten off more than I can chew. Mm. Maybe I'm trying to take on too much in life, like I'm trying to do too many things at one time and I'm not allowing uh, I'm not maybe organising my time as effectively yeah your brain's trying to let you know yeah maybe I just more time and space maybe I should just chill out a little bit mm-hmm. and I have been chilling out for the past week which has been it was very frustrating at first to like have days off work mm-hmm. but then I thought you know what let me just relax man let me just watch some TV shows yeah <laughs> let me live life I never dream because I have a lot of drowning dreams Oh, um, those are, those must be the worst. <laughs> yeah. I had um, a nightmare. I can't even dreams, but I, I don't really have dreams. I usually have nightmares. Um, so the I used to have one when I was a kid. Oh, I had one when I was a kid. I, um, I was drowning in a pool. But James Bond was standing by the side of the pool and he refused to save me. Was he he just watched me, like, was, drowning. Was he white dope James Bond? It was, yeah. It was white James Bond. Because it only ever so like Daniel, white James Bond. Daniel no, 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 no. This is old James Bond. Like, oh, who's the Scottish one? Not Pierce Brosnan. Sean Connery. Sean Connery. I think it was mm-hmm. Sean Connery watching me. And he refused to save you. Refused to save me. White devil. Yes. <laughs> 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 and, um, yeah. Drowning dreams. I had a nightmare. One of the ones I had last week. Um, that I finally remembered, like, this series of three that I remembered. I was getting... I got stabbed. And you don't like, have very pleasant I dreams. I have horrible ones. Sorry, guys. Maybe it's better that you just don't remember your dreams. <laughs> Maybe that's why I don't, don't remember, because it's traumatic. You don't but have very this, this whole thing is being ignored while I'm, like, in need. That happens a lot. So the drowning one with Pierce Brosnan. And then um, I got, like, I basically got stabbed. And I'm running through. Like, I'm running through London saying, someone help me, help me. And everyone keeps rolling their eyes, like, ugh. Oh, and ignoring me. And it got to a point where I, I have got on a plane somehow and gone to America and I've gone to the, um, which, which show are the roots? Jimmy Fallon. Yeah. So I'm on the Jimmy Fallon show, like, help me, Jimmy, help me. And he rolls his eyes at me and then I go to the roots. I think the roots eventually helped me. That's what I had a dream of last week. It's really, really dramatic. Yeah. Do you feel Finally. like in your waking life that sometimes when you're trying to communicate with people, they ignore you? They don't Perhaps listen? that's what it is. Or I'm like, maybe I'm not being fully kind of open about my needs. Mm-hmm. I'm afraid that when I am, people will roll their eyes. People ignore you. Who knows? It's really, it's really a lot to dream that you've been stabbed. Have you, have you ever had a dream where um, you're not fully asleep? So like you're dreaming, but uh, you can kind of control where the dream's going, or you can decide what you want the dream to be, or you can just hear things lucid, happening. Lucid dreaming. Is it lucid dreaming? Yeah. I've only had one of those. I have that all the time. Do you? It's, it's kind of boring now. So you decide where you want to go? Yeah. I, I've only ever... Ha- I don't think I was even deciding where I wanted to go, but I was aware of real life while I was dreaming. Yeah. For me, my... Because most of my dreams centre around me being in a house. And usually it's a house that I don't know. But, like, in real life, I don't know this house. But in the dream, it's my house. Mm-hmm. And it's usually a mansion. Oh, yeah. And in the dream, I'm going through all the doors. And I'm trying to, like... I'm trying to have a bit of an adventure. I'm trying to go through all the doors and see what's behind th- behind the doors. So when I lose a dream, I make it a point to go through every single thing in the room. 
So I make it a point to go through the wardrobe, I make it a point to go through all the, the cupboards because I'm looking for information. I think I'm just looking for anything that could be helpful to me in my waking in in my waking life. Wow. And sometimes I find things that are useful. Sometimes I do like see messages that I think, you know what, that is significant. Mm -hmm. And then there's times when it's just useless. Gibberish. Yeah. Um, I had the one that I had where I was aware of what was happening. Um, and this is once again before I, I lived where I was living, where I wasn't dreaming properly. But um, it, I was, I fell asleep in my mum's living room. And I think she was in the kitchen. She was clatting around in the kitchen. I could hear. And the radio was on as well. And I was snoring. And throughout the entire dream, I could hear myself snoring. <laughs> and I could hear my mum in the kitchen. But it was... I, I don't even think... hear your own self snoring. <laughs> <laughs> and I could, like, taste the taste of, like, sleepy mouth while I was dreaming as well. So everything was, like, really... I was really aware of everything while I was sleeping and dreaming. So it was a light sleep then? Maybe it was a light sleep. I was, I was dreaming during it. And it was... I was in my mum's back garden and there were just horse horse legs mm -hmm. scattered all over the back garden. Okay, that's, that's creepy. That's all it was. That's so creepy. And I'm just like walking through, like looking at all the, you know, like from the, the thigh yeah. down to the hoof. That's so I don't know creepy. why. I don't have pleasant dreams. Yeah. But that was that was one where I could hear everything as well. You probably have watched a lot, a number of horror, horror films. Because that's, that's quite traumatic. Yeah. Just, I uh, reveal too much. Dismembered, <laughs> dismembered horse legs. <laughs> Bad. Um, how about you? I mean, what about your kind of more nightmarish? I don't. Do you not have nightmares? I do. Ha I don't call them nightmares. I just have dreams that are somewhat unpleasant, and then, and then like I wake up just feeling like, oh gosh, I wish I didn't dream about that. And so what I do is, if I'm going to bed, I just try to think of happy thoughts. Mm -hmm. I try to, I try to visualize uh, positive things for myself, or like where I wish to see myself in the coming years. Yeah. And then that sort of sentiment and imagination then goes off into the dream, and then I'll probably dream that I'm in this mansion. <laughs> well, hopefully, hopefully it's a dream more. And I feel like I'm a bit more settled in terms of now that I'm dreaming, mm -hmm. even though it's nightmares. I feel I'll be able to lead towards the more positive side of things. Hopefully, fingers crossed, you'll be having positive dreams in no time. Nice. Just don't watch horror. I've noticed, I love horror. Yeah, every time I watch something violent before going to bed, I, yeah, I end up doing having a, an unpleasant dream. Sure. Well, and I was doing it for a long time, but I wasn't remembering anything for a very long time. Well, now that you are, you probably have to make some changes. Maybe. <laughs> Perhaps. Cool. Um, so, that has been episode seven of the London Girls podcast. A bit of this, a bit of that. It really was. And we'll hopefully see you again. What are we going to talk about in episode eight? Episode eight. Should, should, should we talk about um, the fitness I think we did. Talking about, we were talking about getting information for, for Beyonce. I think episode eight will be. Um, episode eight will be after formation. about formation because <laughs> we'll, we'll have seen Beyonce by then. Okay, I look forward to that. Yeah, we'll see you then. Bye. Bye.